What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Daily Mic Drop, episode number 72. I am Mike Zacchio, and as always, I appreciate you all taking a little bit of time out of your days and nights to sit and chat with me here for a little bit. If you have not done so already, please make your way over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review to the Daily Mic Drop. I would greatly appreciate it if you can give us five stars. I would appreciate it even more if you could take the extra two minutes just to leave a uh, quick one or two sentence review of the show. So a little over a month ago, we had uh, the lovely Chloe Dietrich on to discuss everything from dating to her uh upcoming in in psychology to transferring into you know everything else that she's doing now and uh the episode was just so well received that we figured you know well we if she has a co-host we have to bring her on because you know damsels in the dms is such a great podcast and it's already you know starting to blow up i think they're almost up to a thousand followers on instagram so if chloe's episode was so well received we we need to get her co-host on that's just the way we need to do it and i saw her co-host also pop into the chat during the episode anyway so without further ado please show some love in the comment section to the other co-host of damsels in the dms miss lauren harris now hey lauren how are you Hi, Mike. Thank you so much for having me. Not a problem. Thank you very much for being on. I appreciate Absolutely. you. Absolutely. So uh, the first question I'd like to kind of start everything with is, you know, how are you handling COVID, quarantine? Like, What's the situation like where you are and how are you kind of dealing with everything? Yeah, um, I quarantined back in March. I feel like I was one of the first people that like got super nervous nervous about COVID. I like am an addict to CNN. So they started talking about like everything that was happening. And I was like, Oh, my God, I'm across the country from my family in LA. And I'm from Philadelphia. So I was like, I immediately need to get to Philadelphia to be with my parents. So I flew home March 13th. And I've been here ever since. Yeah. And um, honestly, it's been pretty good. I feel like there's been opportunities um, that came up via quarantine. Our podcast started through quarantine. I know yours did as well, right? Yep. So um, there's been like certain quarantine brainchilds, I feel like opportunities that wouldn't have happened without quarantine. So I'm doing okay. <laughs> and, and so, I mean, you said March 13th, because I know our, our job, we shut down March 16th. So that was like, yeah, right around that time where everyone is yeah. like, you know, come hell or high water, we need to kind of figure out our situation. So yeah. that was that like always the decision, like I'm going to just going to get home as soon as possible. Or was it like a last minute like maneuver? So I remember like when the news first broke about COVID, um, I was watching the news and I was like, you know what? We're just going to wash our hands more. It's going to be great. <laughs> and then like it became clear that it was not going well. So then um, my work, I think, like hadn't made a plan on what they were doing, but they're pretty okay with me working from home. So I just decided that I was going to quarantine with my parents. Um, They're divorced. So I knew that I'd have like, you know, one place to go and one place to switch off when I got sick of the other one. So it just uh, seemed like the best idea. My dad has a Peloton. I see Chloe's here and we (laughs) chat about Pelotons in our newest episode coming out. So she knows what I'm referring to. Yeah, I feel like divorced parents, it's, it's one of those things like when you're young, it's like, oh, my God, this sucks. It's so awful. And then when you get yeah. to like be 18, 20, 21, 30, it's like this isn't all that bad. It's like now we get two of all holidays and it's yeah. just like, you know, it's whatever the situation is, whatever you make of it. I'm also a product of divorce as a. Yeah. As well, it's tell. funny because on the podcast, I always am talking about like I'm a child of divorce, so I have these attachment issues. But like in my actual life, I'm like dad is a Peloton, mom is a treadmill, like dad gives me money, mom doesn't hear about it, you know, and it ends up working out well. <laughs> it's the best of both worlds. And, and I do see Chloe's right. in here, so I want to give her uh, a quick shout out. So <laughs> you know, just to plug the podcast really quickly, it's, it's damsels in the DMs is all one word is the the Instagram handle to find yes. them, correct? Yep. And we're on the Instagram um, damsels in the DMs now. So 
Okay. So everyone, yeah. make sure you check it out, obviously, after this episode, because you want to hear everyone has to say. So um, so like I said, so Dance yeah. in the End, it was, if I under, cause I, I listened to uh, Chloe's episode just kind of in preparation for this. So that was like initially her brainchild, and then she brought you in as a co-host. What made you like apply for, because I think she said like she put like an ad out for, for a co-host. Mm-hmm. Like what made you, what enticed you to, to reach out about it? What interested you? So, yeah, as I mentioned, like a child of divorce. Um, So I my like way of dealing with divorce when it happened was just being a serial dater. Um, And I think Chloe was originally looking for a single girl, but Mm -hmm. I've had so much experience and I like give my friends a lot of dating advice all the time because I would bounce from boyfriend to boyfriend as a way with coping with things that I wasn't dealing with internally. Um, So when I saw her ad, it just seemed like such a great idea and something that would be so much fun to work on and something that I felt like was within my wheelhouse. So, you know, I had to like convince her a little bit, like I'm not single, but um, I do think I have like somewhat of an interesting perspective on dating that I could chat about. So uh, you know, lucky enough, I convinced her to take me on, and I think she's okay with it. So, and just like I, I hope this is probably the last note that we that we make about the divorce and everything. When did your parents divorce, by the way? Because like mine divorced when I was like seven or eight or so. So I'm, you sound like it was a little bit later in life for you. Yeah, so I was 10. And then it was sort of like a drawn out thing. Like they didn't actually officially get divorced until I was in college. Um, So it yeah, so it like it impacted my life pretty heavily, for sure. Um, In like positive ways, I feel like, um, you know, I'm a more empathetic person from having gone through that. And um, yeah, like I have more to chat about in terms of my dating experiences. So, you know, everything happens for a reason. So, yeah. I've told people all the time, like, whenever I hear people say, like, oh, my parents got divorced, so, like, you know, I can't succeed in a relationship because we're going to wind up getting divorced. I'm like, it has, one has nothing to do with the other. If anything, I think it's only helped me because now I see some of the issues and things that went wrong in that marriage that I'm like, okay, cool. I'm just going to do the complete opposite and then things are going to be all good. Um, Yeah. Chloe mentioned uh, in that podcast episode that you two had a quote, really good vibe going during your phone conversation. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm wondering like on, on your end, like what made you vibe with Chloe so well? Chloe, I feel like just has such a great motivated energy about her that like initially I could tell we were sort of people on the same wavelength. Um, one of the things that we joke about a lot is that Chloe is like more impatient than I am. She's definitely a go-getter and wants to uh, like start moving on projects right away. Like we launched the podcast and she was like, why don't we have 10,000 followers already? <laughs> and I'm a little bit more like hesitant with things. I like to take my time and make sure that they're, you know, coming out at the best they can be, but perfection impedes progress. Um, so it's a good mix of the both of us where she's a little bit more like, let's get it done. Like I'm a go-getter and I'm a little bit more like, let's hold off and see how we can make it better. And Chloe's even commenting down the truth <laughs> with the, uh, the eyes emoji. So, I mean, great self-awareness. I mean, I, I think you do have a really good chemistry. So it Thank comes through. And obviously I've interviewed Chloe and I can agree and attest to, you know, her energy and, and everything that you spoke about. Yeah, um, she's the best. How are you liking the podcast life? Cause now you got to be a few months in now and you have a uh, more, I think when I talked to Chloe, you were maybe like a month in, so now yeah. we're a couple of months in. So how are you liking podcast life? It's a lot of fun. Um, at first, it was definitely, I'm sure you can relate to this. Like, you're always afraid. Am I saying the wrong thing? Like, um, I don't want to say anything that I'll regret in the future. 
So I think it was like hard because I felt like I was editing myself and how do you like put what you want to say out there and like be honest and authentic, but mm -hmm. also be okay with everything that you're saying and make sure that you stand by it the next day. Um, so I think that that was just an adjustment because I had to adjust to sort of um, being okay that people are going to hear what I'm saying. And, you know, some people may agree with it and some people may not agree with it. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I would say that that was definitely an adjustment. But now that we've had like so many episodes and so many people come through, I think I'm more comfortable with just saying what I believe in. Yeah. So like I, this podcast obviously was born through COVID. So it's, I'm relatively new to the podcast game, but yeah. I'm like writing about dating relationships for, yeah. you know, since 2014 or so. And I remember having that, fear of like what if my mom reads this what if my aunt reads this whatever right. and then like i guess i don't know if it's just getting older or because it is podcast form where i'm like you know what and i know like my stepfather listens to this my father listens to this they'll tune in live sometimes and i'm like sometimes you just got to talk about what's true because that's the only yeah. way you're going to really bring value to people you can't really hold back on certain topics i don't think but exactly uh, what has been the most fun aspect for you throughout your podcasting venture with uh, damsels in the dms I mean, definitely hanging out with Chloe, like about of once course. a week. And um, it's funny because we actually haven't even met in person yet. So I was like, going to this, ask that yeah. too, I, but I'm like, I'm sure they have, but I'm like, I don't no. think they have, but okay. No. So quarantine has definitely like, like I said, developed so many different opportunities for us, but also just like created so many bonds you wouldn't have had otherwise, like through a computer, which is the weirdest thing. But yeah, so hanging out with Chloe would be number one, but then also just like the guests that we have on, we have so many um, interesting people on. And some of them are people that I know and that I've worked with, but being able to like talk to people who are doing so well in their careers and so inspiring is just like adds a different level of motivation and inspiration that you have every week. So I just feel really lucky to get that. Yeah. By the way, everyone like internet friends are a very real thing. Like if you have people <laughs> that you vibe with and you think like, Oh, they, I feel like I've known them my whole life and they feel like one of my best friends, like, then they're your friend just because you haven't met them three-dimensionally doesn't yeah. mean anything in my opinion anyway. I know it's like normal now to be one of those like gamer girls, you know, like, mom, <laughs> I'm talking to my friends. Yeah. And there's so <laughs> many people that I, I communicate with more like through the internet that I'm like, I feel like I, I talk to them more often than I do my own friends. And it's yeah. like, you know, I mean, you get friends from all over. Some I still know from high school and some I know from either this podcast or just other internet ventures and whatnot. Um, yeah. What has been the most difficult aspect of podcasting for you? Yeah, like I said, the um, worry about editing myself and then also the editing of the podcast because I am not an editor and thank God we were able to enlist um, Lola who became our intern for the podcast and does all of our marketing and um, initial edits to it because that is just not my forte. Um, yeah. So I think like, it's definitely a time commitment and like learning how to balance that with your life and um, like finding the best roles that everybody on your team sort of fits into. So like I, I made the announcement like earlier this week that like next week I'm going to like kind of like shut the podcast. I heard. I'm so upset it, to hear that. So, so am I because like I genuinely enjoy doing this, but like yeah. partially it is, like I said, a, a time commitment. It's one thing like mm -hmm. you girls do every, do every week. And it, and I know that's a time commitment. Like when you're doing it every day and then like, it's trying to book, you know, three guests yeah. a week or whatever. And I'm like, as much as I love this, this isn't my full-time job. I'm making you do this dollars. every day. Yeah. Well, yeah. Monday through Thursday I was doing God, it. Yeah, um, it's so fun. it's like, I like, I need a break or whatever. I need, I yeah. got housework that I need to get done. I need just for my own sanity to just yeah. 
like relax. And also, I'm going back to like actual work at the end of the month, so it's like I need to kind of reshift yeah. my mind and get back into like actual work mode and whatnot. Right. Um. But who would your dream guest be for for the Damsels in the DM podcast? And oh, why? Gosh. Huh. Dream guest. That's a tough one. Um. Hmm. Part of me thinks Hillary Clinton, and okay. I know that's like um kind of. A- crazy answer but only because um we talk about dating all the time and Mm -hmm. bill clinton has had such an influential impact on her life whether it's good or bad and i'd love to hear like if she could do it all over again like would she still be with bill clinton that would be the most listened to podcast like that 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 week like for like of all podcasts like joe rogan take a back seat like I would t- yeah. like I would tune in with popcorn, hot tea, whatever. I don't know if that's a great combination, but like I would be like ready and like absorbing every second of that because I think she's a I think she, one first she's a phenomenal guest, but yeah, that topic if she would discuss everything at length like, right. like you would want her to, like like what more could you ask exactly. for on a podcast? Guest? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so for those that don't know, in the damsels in the DM like bio tagline, it's you know a master in psychology meets up with a recovered serial dater to give her relationship advice. Chloe is the, uh, the has the master's degree in psychology. You are yeah. the reformed serial dater. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm curious, what is like your definition of a serial dater? Like how do you I de- uh, define it? So just somebody who jumps from boyfriend to boyfriend, like not somebody who is single very frequently and one of those people who just always needs to have a boyfriend. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Because like I I was like trying to like look at this and I'm like, I I wonder what she's (laughs) going to say because like before I met Shannon, like I've been single most of my life, but I've dated a lot. I just haven't yeah. had a ton of girlfriends. So that's why I'm like, would I classify as a serial dater or would I just char- like, characterize no, as a single guy? No, I think it's like particular if you were making like many commitments to people. Okay. Yeah. I, oh, I was definitely like a serial dater, like in the immediate uh, preview before meeting her. But like, yeah. other than that, I'm like, yeah, no, I didn't have anybody. I, I went, <laughs> you know, two, three, four, five year periods without anybody. So I'm like, yeah, no. Um, <laughs> what did you hate the most about the dating slash single life when you, when you were single? Yeah, I was not single for very often. But when I was single, um, I mean, for me, it was just that, like, I would need somebody. I would, like, date people um, because I just felt like I needed to have somebody all the time. And I wasn't maybe considering whether we were the best match. And I think that there is that pressure to be in a relationship and um, to find that person person and I think I put a lot of pressure on myself to do that so I think that maybe my answer for that would be the pressure that people put on themselves and like societal pressure for it I think like we grew up in the social media era so you end up comparing yourself to other people and you compare your relationships to other people's relationships so I think that like dating should be a fun thing and it should be about like finding the person that you, you know, want as your partner to take on life with. And when you're younger, it's a great learning experience to learn more about yourself. Um, and I wish that I had had like that kind of knowledge about it to take it lightly and not make it like the most important thing in my life when I was a bit younger. Do you think that those pressures have subsided like uh, of uh, comparing yourself or do you find yourself still doing that now in your relationship of like kind of looking at other couples or comparing your relationship? I think of 
course, you still compare your relationship to a certain extent. But I, for me, it's a lot less because I did have that experience serial dating. And I've been with my boyfriend for five years now, a little mm-hmm. bit over. So that's why we say recovered because, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's been kind of a long relationship. But I think for like that relationship has really helped me to just see the bigger picture, I guess. And um, yeah, not not to like stress the small things so much and also just to realize, um, you know, like if I were going back and dating now, I would think I would just want to have more confidence in myself and allow myself to not um, like make dating my entire life, which I do a much better job of now. Like maybe I'm comparing myself to people, but it's not like what I go to bed thinking about. Like I know, like there's times. I mean, I I have to probably ask Shannon about it, but I know for me, like yeah. there's times I'll fall into that trap of like comparing. Like I think we have a great relationship, and there's like almost nothing that I would change about it. But then there's yeah. times like I see that like you know we don't take a ton of pictures together, which is like, it's like yeah. a weird thing to like think about. But I'm always like, because I'm not the type of person to be like, hey, can you take a picture of us? So yeah. like, so if no one asks or if no one happens to catch a candid shot, I'm like we're not going to have anything. And like now yeah. we're putting like a wedding website together and it's like, Oh, let's put pictures together. And I'm like, <laughs> we have like the same 20 photos. I mean, like, right. And we've been together two years. So that's why I'm like, but yet this couple has been together six months and they've got like a whole catalog of, of photos. <laughs> but I'm like, yeah, but I'll, I'll take us over them. And it's like, why am I like, why do I think this way? And then right. I, so I'm curious, like do other people, like you've been in a relationship twice as long as we have, like, do y'all feel the same thing that, that I think, I guess sometimes. I, I mean, I definitely make him take a lot of pictures. Uh, he's definitely the Instagram boyfriend. Um, nice. <laughs> so, so I don't think, like, yeah, from not like a picture perspective, but like because child of divorce and you're doing a really great job, obviously, with like Thank taking you. the next steps in your relationship. But, you know, that's something that I'm definitely like more hesitant about, like not current, like where I feel currently in my life. Um, so I think more like comparing people's timelines to my own would yes. be something that I struggle with. I, yeah, we heard that so much. Like I remember, you know, back when I was like in a in a little boy band cover band. Like I remember talking to one of the other guys where he's like, "Oh, how's things going with with your girl?" I'm like, "They're going pretty well." Like you know, I I bought a ring, and he's like, "Yeah, how like how long have you guys been together?" I'm like, <laughs> "I think at the time we were together six months." But I'm like, "Yeah, but I'm not gonna propose till the summer." And he's like, "Okay, so that's like nine months or whatever." He's like, "That's not a long time." He's like, yeah. "Me and my boyfriend have been together four years," and like. I don't know when that's going to happen. I'm like, yeah, yeah. That, like, but that's you. Like, you know, there's right. part of me where it's like, you know, I feel like if you give that good news, as long as it's a healthy relationship, like you should be supportive. Like if we were like really yeah. toxic, then say right. like, Hey, I don't mean, this is a bad move for you. Don't say like, it's too right. soon. Cause like, who are you to say what's too soon for someone else? Like, exactly. Yeah. Um, have you two like talked about like, di- like marriage or anything like that? Or is it be, like, have, or did you make it like very clear early on? Like, Hey, this is, like, I'm not looking to get married anytime soon. We definitely talk about it. Um, I'm 26, so it's not, like, I think that I, my mom didn't have me until she was 40 and also okay. didn't get married until around then. So I think because, like, I grew up, obviously, with her and my mom, like, I didn't have the same, um, like, feeling that I would get married early, I guess. So I think we talk about it as, like, part of our path, but we don't talk about it as something that, like, we either of us want to happen now because we both are, like, pretty career-oriented people and have a lot of things that we want to happen, like, in our careers um, and just, like, life experiences before we would get to that point. And we already have, like, a really strong partnership. Like, we're a pretty good team. Um, so it just doesn't feel, like, necessary, I guess, at the time. Um, so I know you said you, you – when you, like, were a serial dater, you had, like, a lot of boyfriends, like – 
how like how did you meet? Were you like a dating app girl, or were you like the I'm gonna go out and try to meet guys at bars, or like how <laughs> did those interactions happen for you? Well, it, yeah, it was like five years ago, so they were yeah, basically course, yeah. um um so not there weren't that many dating apps at the time, so I I've never been on a dating app actually, which okay, is like kind of something that I'm uh not insecure about, but like something on the podcast that I always say to Chloe, like I can't relate with the dating app conversations because I was never on one. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I went to USC. So I definitely met people at USC. I was in a sorority. So my boyfriend was in a fraternity. So we met um, like via mutual friends through the sorority fraternity thing. And like in college, it's a little bit easier um, just to meet people. And so, yeah, I would say that most of the people I met were like friends of friends and things like that. I I would. And I said, I don't know if it was last episode or two episodes. I think it was two when I had Shannon on where I'm like, you know, what's like a a life experience you feel like you missed out on? I said college because like I didn't commute. I didn't didn't dorm or anything like that. Then I'm like, Uh I feel like I would have had more success if I was dorming and on campus than doing the dating app thing. Because like, you're around more kind of like your own people as opposed to just strangers for all intents and purposes where it's like. I don't know what I'm going to get. I might get someone great or I might get, you know, a real weirdo. So it's yeah. kind of like a crap shoot, I guess. Well, it's like a curated group of people who are all like trying to get their education. So you at <laughs> least have that one thing in common with them. Um, so I, I'm like still trying to wrap my head around the fact like, so you're a co-host of like damsels in the DMs and you've never yeah. been on an app to like I know. A, a experience a DM. Cause like I had all these things written. There out were about, DMs. Like... There were DMs. I will say that. <laughs> um, just not like dating apps. DMs, but oh, no, Instagram, oh yeah instagram was, and snapchat and i was a all that senior stuff. in uh high school when instagram like first came out so um yeah. th- it was definitely a dm thing so i've been <laughs> around for the dms <laughs> just not dating apps so just more of obviously you know you're taking out but for like just advice for guys who want to meet the girl of their dreams or whatever like what would you say is like the best way for a guy to get a positive response from a woman it, via dm via dm yeah I mean, I would say, like, try to find something that's not physical to relate to. Like, if you see that they've posted, like, they went on a trip to the Philippines, like, or, like, somewhere that you can relate to or something that you can talk about with them, I think that would be a much more successful approach because it's, like, um, less forward and also, like, you're trying to relate and it shows that you have, like, intellectual curiosity if that's what the person cares about. Um I know, like, this is so random, but I'm reading the Defining Decades book uh, where they talk about, like, defining your path in your 20s and, like, at least having a a sort of career trajectory plan. And that can also, like, include romantic relationships. And one of the things they talk about was, like, Ben Franklin was trying to make a connection with somebody. And um, to make that connection, he heard they were reading this book or they had this, like, coveted copy of a book. So he, like, wrote them a letter to get a copy of the book and then, like, remained, like, really close friends throughout their time of their life. So I think it just goes to show you, like, finding something that you can relate to people on that's not, like, the question that you're trying to ask and then build to that question, I think, is a successful strategy. I'm so glad to hear you say that. I literally just made a TikTok video, like, earlier this week or whatever about, like, three tips for, like, sliding in a girl's DMs or to to help with meeting a dating app. And the first thing that I said was, like, do not make your first comment be about her body. Yeah. Like, (laughs) like, if you must, like, the other things I said were, like, you know, see, like, look at her, like, read her bio. Is there something that you relate to in there or whatever? And then, like, look at her pictures. Like you said, did she go to Sweden? Did she go to France, Greece, whatever? Like, and comment on those things. Like, try to see if you have any mutual interests. But, like, if you have nothing else, if you have only one photo and it's her, like, you know, just posing. Exactly. Like, compliment her hair or her eyes like don't 
you know, be like, your body looks great or you're so hot. Like, well, it's funny because um, somebody slid into my friend's DMs recently and um, they were like, thank you so much for all of your activism posts. Like, they're so spot on. And like, I really appreciate like, like the different content you have. And she was like, oh my gosh, like, thank you so much. Like, that means a lot. And he's like, yeah, it's like great to see a hot girl like posting about activism stuff. And it's like, you just, you were so you were, close. You were great. <laughs> but then you just ruined it, my friend. <laughs> it's like yeah we're just like we're just like coasting down the freeway or whatever it's like you know what i'm just gonna just veer off this bridge right now like exactly you why like yeah i I don't know where guys get that like i want to know what the success rate is for guys who come off either very abrasive and either like they're just sending very explicit messages out the gate yeah or they're sending compliments like that like oh you're just so hot and just going strictly for the physical appearance like yeah i would love to know like what's your success rate are you like just spraying and praying and hitting like one out of a hundred or is it like you know actually right. an effective you know strategy for you i can't imagine it is but you know. so, um, what are your thoughts because it's something that i remember just irking me and I, I don't know why it does but like what are your thoughts on girls who use dating apps strictly to boost their instagram following like they're not on, like wow. they're very clearly like not on there like their whole bio is just IG, you know, their name, like two pictures. And it's just like, you could tell you're not here to meet anybody. Wow. I didn't know that people did that again, not a dating app expert. Um, but that is quite an interesting technique. So what's the deal? Like she just expects that, um, people will follow her because they're like interested in, because you figure like, if you have no bio, like if your only bio (laughs) is your Instagram handle, it's like, well, if you want to get to know more about me, you need to follow me on Insta or you need to DM me on Instagram and you probably figure you're going to get a follow or out of it. So it's like, I don't know. I just, I'm fine. That's putting, a career woman, right? No, I, <laughs> and that's, so that's where I struggle. Cause like there's part of me that's like, why are you on an app? Like, like, like a dating app. Like it's one yeah. thing for something else, but like some people are here actually looking for something. Yeah. But on the other hand, I'm like, you can't knock the hustle. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, I think like, I feel somewhere in between that and also like, you know, kind of hurting people's intentions for being on there, but yeah. I respect it. Find a way. So, um, I'm wondering in your DM quest, even if it hasn't been on dating apps, whatever, have you ever received an unsolicited dick pic? Definitely. Yeah. You definitely. So I'm, I'm, I need to know what happens for like I, I, on your end. Like, is it like an just automatic block and you don't ever speak of it again? Do you roast him and then block him? Do you send it to a, your girls in the group chat? Like what's going on? I'm a, I'm an immediate blocker. Okay. I, I just don't have time for that type okay. of thing. You know? Um, plus, like I said, I've had a boyfriend for five years. Yes. So I do think that like my Instagram, uh, like DMs, it's definitely like decreased exponentially. Um, because I think like I post about him pretty frequently. Um, so fewer people are sending things like that to me, but back in the day, I would have just immediately blocked. Yeah. I, I feel like I, like if, if I were a woman and I was receiving unsolicited dick pics, like I'm afraid to see what I would do. Cause like, I know how petty I can be. Like, I feel like I would be ruthless. Yeah. Like I would send like the edited version. Like I would find their mother on Facebook and like, just send like a screenshot, like with, uh, with the cover and be like, just to let you know, this is yeah. what your son James is doing. Like, this is how he talks to women. <laughs> so, you know, or just post it like on social media. Like I'd be like, Hey, here's what James from USC is like, you know, doing, just look out for him ladies. Like that's how what I would do. Cause I feel like, that's how I would I would do it. It's like I I feel maybe like maybe now like the the climate for that sort of thing is a little bit different. Um, oh, like of in course, today's yeah. era, but five years ago, like I don't know. I don't think you would have done that five years ago. 
No, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I feel like back then, I feel like guys might have been more brazen. I think now, exactly. now, I think now they might be more cautious because, like, back then it's like, oh, yeah, this is just part of dating apps. Whereas, like, now it's like, yeah. you know, I don't know about you. And the girls are like, you know, bitch, I wish, uh, bitch, I hope you do. Like, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, so now, single girl talk aside, you know, you are in a relationship, like, you know, five years running, going strong. How, like you said, you two met on campus. You two, you were in the sorority. You were in the return. He was in the fraternity. You were in the sorority. Mm-hmm. What was it about him that you know hooked line and sinker for you? Um, it's kind of funny. I actually had another boyfriend at the time. Um, Interesting. Okay. Yeah, and so originally I was trying to set him up with my friend, and that didn't work out. Okay. But, but we were like talking for a long time. Um. Not like in a romantic way, but as friends, because I was trying to set him up with my friend, right? I didn't realize that he had any other intentions. And then when we broke up, my other boyfriend, um, like I said, serial dater. Now you see what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, um, then, like, I just started noticing that um, I would be like smiling at all of his messages, and like being around him made me really happy. Um, and it's funny now, like I said, I'm reading this book, and it talks about how like people with compatible personalities are usually the ones who like do well. And that doesn't like, obviously opposites attract and that's a thing, but more on like a moral compass. Like if you have similar morals to people and like, if what you want to do on a Saturday afternoon kind of lines up with that person, like those are successful relationships. And for us, like that's 100% true. We're very similar in like, um the way we interact with people and like the things we want to do we respond to things similarly so I think that was like the hindsight that I I have now that I didn't have then like the people I was dating we were maybe not the best personality matches but I didn't have the insight to be thinking about that then and I just got lucky that um Brian and I like do have very similar personalities so when you started, so you were just legitimately wing womaning for, for your girls, just trying to be like, hey, hook it up, whatever. Like, did he come out and say like, yeah, like, you know, I was kind of open to it, but I really wanted to get closer to you. Like, is that what he said? Like, Not, not right away. Um, I, cause he didn't know whether I had a boyfriend or not. Okay. So he would be talking with his friends, like, does she have a boyfriend? Like, why is she responding to my messages if like she has a boyfriend? But I just like was so oblivious that I was like totally trying to set up with my friend that I didn't like realize that these messages were like at all with like romantic advances. Yeah. Um. So I think it just sort of like enveloped over time into what it is. So he he probably did have interest, but um, I was unaware. So are you an accidental flirt or do you just, or do you happen to sometimes fall into accidental flirting tendency? Like, I feel like I'm an accidental flirt. Like I won't even realize yeah. I'm doing it. Like, obviously I don't have the intention to do it. And <laughs> <laughs> <He's> like, <"Yeah." laughs> no, like I'll, like I'll catch myself like, Oh no. Like, like I'm like, I like I think I'm just being nice. And I'm like, Oh, they might misconstrue. This is flirting. Like, yeah, let me reel it in. Like, so is that kind of like the realization you had for, for yourself? Like, Oh, like, I think that I think I'm just being friendly, like all the yes. time, you know, and I, I don't think of it as flirting. And then if other people like consider it as flirting, that's on them. Right? Yes. Um, <laughs> so your boy, when you said, you know, the personalities lined up, was he your physical type? Yeah, I would say, yeah, definitely. Okay. I mean, I'm... I also don't like, I don't know that I have like a, an entire physical type. Like I, I do think I'm like a personality oriented person. Yeah, that's like when, that's why when people ask like, "Oh, what's your type?" It's like I don't because I know everyone's asking like physically, but like for yeah. me, I felt like all the answers I would always give is like or, or would be you know like I hope they're funny, like you know we need to be able yeah. to c- communicate or whatever. Like 
I don't care, like, you're blonde, brunette, tall, short, yeah. you know, like, it doesn't, any none of that matters to me. I was just curious if, like, that was a situation with your boyfriend where it's like, no, I probably, if you, like, if you asked me in 12th grade or if you asked me whatever, like, no, we totally wouldn't have, I wouldn't have given them time of day type-wise, but, like, so I was just curious right. how, that, uh, how that all worked out and whatnot. Yeah. When do you feel is an appropriate time to address the future, whatever that is, whether that's moving in together, engagement, kids, anything like that? I think it definitely depends on the relationship. Um, like you said, you were able to, you guys have been together for two years, but you knew after six months that that was the person for you. Yeah. I think it really depends like where you are in life. Like if, if you were dating for two years in high school, like I would not say that you needed to be worried about that conversation then because yeah. you're in high school. Right. But um, if you are, you know, been dating for five months on the line and you're like maybe a little bit older and ready to settle down then um that could be the conversation for you i think it really just depends on like where you are in your life and what you're looking for um there's no like year commitment or time commitment because it really just depends on like how well you you like i'm just not there in my life right now right yeah. it's, it has nothing to do about like what i want with the relationship um yeah. and everybody's at a different place with their life so I've always told people like one of my favorite quotes I've ever written is like, you know, part or it's like part of the quote is, you know, making sure that you're on the same page of the same book. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's great if you two want to get married, like that's great. But if you know, your, your boyfriend, girlfriend is 24 and they're looking to get married in six years and you're 29 and you're looking to get married in like one or two, like, you know, exactly. You got to find that compromise or something like that. So I've always said like, it's not a time length thing. I think it's always more of like a time feel yeah like i happen to I find totally someone agree. who was on the same page of the same book as i was at the same time so right it just all kind of worked but i was curious in in your situation like if there's a you know you got to wait till six month mark or the three date mark or whatever i've I'm, i always err on the side of sooner the better just mm-hmm. because like i feel like you don't want to waste your time with someone yeah yeah i think that's true but you know, to be said with that, like, I've had relationships that maybe like didn't go anywhere and weren't the best match for me that I learned a lot from. So I do think there's something to be said that like, even in the relationships that don't work out and won't work out, like you will learn something like there is something to gain that you can bring to another relationship that you enter in the future. So if you're, you know, not on the path where you're ready to settle down at that point, and you're in a relationship where you're enjoying somebody's time, I wouldn't say you need to put that pressure on your like oh I don't feel like this person is the one but like I'm still with them like um but you're enjoying them like you can develop those feelings later down the line too um so don't I wouldn't say to write anything off right away for you like what are some things like you know would make you think like oh this might not work out in a relationship that would eventually possibly lead to a breakup like what what are some I guess I don't want to say red flags but just some of those like you know real holes in the road that like this can steer us really off course yeah um well, one of them definitely that we talk about on the podcast is like uh, the person's exes are all, are all crazy. To okay. me, that is like the number one red flag because if somebody is like blaming all of their relationships, like that maybe means that you too will be one of those exes that will be crazy going yeah. forward, right? Mm-hmm. So that to me, that's a red flag. Number two, I would say like somebody who is very committed to never settling down, like they say like, oh, I'll absolutely um, never make a commitment. Like, I just don't see myself doing that because I think you just want to be with somebody who's open and like um, maybe they don't want that at the time, but somebody who like would be willing to adjust um, to your needs going forward. I think like people who um, are willing to grow and learn from you and also change 
are people that are great to be with and people who like seem like they're really set in their course and not willing to change with you. Those are things that I would probably stay away from. When we break up with people, like there's always that part, like there's always that, like that moment where you realize like, I got to get out or like, like, yeah. this is, like this is going to end in a breakup. Like for you, like what were some of like, do, how long do you fight past that? Like, is, is it once you have that feeling, it's like, I'm feeling this now it's over, get out. Or is it like, let me see another month. Let me see another two months, six months. Like what is your, like, how do you kind of react to that feeling? I think it definitely depends like how committed you are to that person and the relationship. Like if you've been dating for three years and you start to feel that way, um, I think definitely hang in there because relationships ebb and flow and um, you're not always going to be like um, immensely in love with that person all the time. Like sometimes you're just going to need your own space and that's okay. Like that's just, that's life. That's normal. It's human. So I think like if you're committed to that person, you love that person, but you're not feeling it like right in the moment, but you've been together a long time. That's something that I would stay along the ride for and seek it out to its course. I've definitely been in relationships that should have ended way before they did. Um, and oftentimes it would be like me waiting around for them to end it. And then I'd be miserable once they ended it. Right. Yeah. Um, but those were things that like, I should have seen the differences long ago. And to be honest, like they did me a favor by ending it because yeah. they were making the right decision for both of us. That was something that I couldn't make because of where I was in life. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I think even with breakups, like that's an important thing keep in mind that like sometimes it hurts so much but long term like it may actually be something that benefits you i i i happen to know people who have been in you know two-year relationships three-year five-year relationships and they're like yeah no i checked out of my two-year relationship after a year i checked out of my five-year relationship after three years and like to me i'm like then how like how do you stay around for two more years past that like i don't know if yeah like, like to me I, I don't know that i can that I mean, seems I, like, a while. yeah like this is also the longest relationship i've ever been in so that's why to me i'm like the the idea of like if I if I was checked out now, being like, yeah, let's keep this going for like another two years, I'd be like, why? Like, why would I subject myself and yourself yeah. to that if we're both kind of uh, if we're kind of out of it? Um, I, I'm wondering because yeah. like the I, I know we talked about like a time length wise and like you know time feel wise in terms of having like the real talk discussions. How much do you think age plays a factor in it? Because like I'm 31 now, so I'm wondering like. Would someone like me, like, is it more appropriate for someone like my age, 29, 31, to be like having those real or talk discussions earlier on because th there might be a biological clock factor in there? Is your um, fiance the same age as you? No, she's 27. Okay, she's 27. Um, yeah, I think for you, it's 100%. Okay, if you feel ready to be having those conversations at 31. Um, if you want to have them, if you feel like you're like ready to take the next step in that relationship, then that's 100% like, you know, fine. Like we said, like everybody is on their own timeline. Um, my sister is 31 and her and her um, boyfriend have been living together for a long time, but they're like not getting married yet. And they're still, um, you know, living together and very serious about each other, but just not ready to like take that yeah. step on. I think that like, as life continues, people put less pressure on the timeline and less pressure on like the marriage and the biological clock. Um, there's more methods, right, to like yeah. make that work and make that happen for you. Like I said, my mom had me when she was 40 and I'm yeah. doing okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I think it, it is just like whatever person's timeline and um, like if the female, I guess, is worried about her biological clock, then that's another thing. But yeah. I don't think that that's, um, I think the path for men, like, you know, has to align a little bit differently in accommodating women in that regard. Do you think that 
men have a responsibility to like, so to say, like let a, let a, let a woman go if he kind of knows he won't want like marriage, kids thing, like rather than like drag her along through particularly like that 30 to 35 year window or 29 mm-hmm. to 35 year window. If he knows that he won't want kids and yeah. that's something she wants. Yeah. If she's made it clear that like that's what she wants and he's not going to make it happen, then that does seem like a reason that the relationship couldn't continue because those are two like life things that you guys yeah. don't agree upon. Um, but I do think that like if she, I, I think that if he made that clear that he doesn't want that, she shouldn't waste her time trying to convince him because some yeah. people can't be convinced, right? Yeah. Um, but if she cares about the person and like she thinks that it could work down the line, then of course give it a go. But it's like situational, I would say. I was like, because I think there was like a situation where like someone we we knew like ended like a seven year relationship and then like now she's thirty six and like she really wanted kids or she's thirty seven. It's like what are the odds of finding someone and starting that like all all up again? Yeah, I wonder like for the like for the guy's sake like I don't know like did he say like I might want kids one day and then just decide you know now I don't and like and if he if that was the case like is he an asshole in that situation for kind of you know wasting her prime baby making years i guess if you want to use that term like is he like an asshole for that or is it like he wasn't sure if he wanted kids or not and it's like he can't decide what he might want to do in the future yeah i think it depends on the situation and like if he really cared about her and he wasn't sure then i don't think he can blame himself for that because he wasn't sure about it either like it's she can make that decision on her own it's not his responsibility um i just think that you, you always have to be transparent and clear about your intentions so if he said that was something that he was unsure about then she knew that he was unsure about it on the get-go and she had the option to walk out right yeah. but um if he didn't make his intentions clear i think that's a different story yeah I, i'm always the advocate for you know voice your your concerns your yeah. opinions whatever it is you want whatever but also and on the same token like don't expect your partner to change if they do change down the line like for, for the better great but like if your partner says like I don't ever want to get married. Like, yeah. Don't sit there and say, like, I'm going to hold out and maybe they'll change their mind. Like if he does change their mind or if he, she does change their mind, great. But that should be more of a pleasant surprise than like a, you know, kind of expectation down the road. Yeah. I um, agree. Something I, and I remember talking to Chloe about this, but something I remember that I found fascinating that she said on episode one of your podcast was that guys have a small window of having a girl's interest. And I'm wondering like, do you find that to be true? Hmm. Guys have a small window of a girl's interest. Um, I, again, think it's situational, um, because I, I mean, there are some guys that people become obsessed with. Right. And sometimes like that hard to get energy is so enticing and it's hard to get rid of. So I would like to believe that, um, they have a small window of getting attention. Like I said, I've been out of the game for a little bit, but, um, I hope they have a small window because I would like to think that, you know, they make, they put their best foot forward early on. Yeah. I, I always tell people like who, who talk to me like, Oh, I got to play hard to get I'm like, no, be hard to get. I, I, yeah. I'm always navigating where like, be busy, be, have a lot going oh, yeah. on in your life. Don't do the, Oh, he texted me at, you know, eight o'clock at eight forty three Like I'll message him in the morning yeah. because like <laughs> I could answer him right now, but I'm not going to like, yeah. like, no, like that's just, uh, to me playing hard to get, like you're, you're playing games. And I feel like playing games is for like middle school and high school. Like we're, as we get older, like, you know, you want to kind of get out of that pattern and routine so to say um so like we we do like you know the daily segments and and whatnot with today being thursday it's like a throwback thursday so i'm curious tell me one story or memory from your dating life that just kind of sticks with you and it could be good bad cringeworthy embarrassing wholesome whatever you want to make it one memory from my dating life 
Hmm. And it could even be your current, like your current relationship. Like, is there something that, you know, your boyfriend did that was just like, took your breath away or like a funny moment you two had, you know, like like an inside joke or something like that between the two of you? Well, I will say that the first time we ever kissed was in Cabo. And it was like behind this alleyway of a bar. And, um... The cops actually came and tried to extort us for public kissing. And is that um, a thing? Like public kissing? Like is that a thing? Or, yeah. or oh, that's what I, they were I don't trying know if they to... were trying to imply oh, more okay. was happening or whatever. So, but we were freaking out. Obviously, like we're in college, we don't want to go to like the you know the jail in uh, Cabo. So uh, <laughs> he had to run to like the nearest ATM and like pay off this guy who um, was trying to send us to jail for kissing. Was it an actual cop or was it one of those, like, I don't even know if you're a cop right now? I don't know. I have <laughs> no idea. <laughs> I did not have, like, the uh, calm sense to, like, address that accurately. Whatever yeah. he was, I was afraid. Yeah, I, I remember, like, in college people telling me, because there was, like, a there was a point, like, during a, during the summer one year in college where everyone was like, oh, there's, there's these... Un- like unmarked cars going around as police officers. So like, you know, make sure you get the license plate and make sure you check for this badge and you check for this kind of color of the thing. And I remember I got pulled over once by an unmarked car and my just only reaction was panic. I'm like, okay, like, okay. Remember all the rules, like hands on 10 and two, like uh, stereo off uh, window down, whatever, like make sure like my license registration is out already or don't keep it out. I'm, I'm not sure. But like, and I just remember thinking, like, at the end, like, because the, the questions he was asking were very weird. Yeah. That's why I was like, after the fact, I'm like, I don't even know he was a cop. And now <laughs> he ha- and now he has my license, my registration information and all that stuff. So, like, great. But, you know, we'll we'll see. So, yeah. yeah. So, so he actually went. So your boyfriend wound up paying off the, the cop. For, $100. For... Yeah. Okay. So it's. For I guess our not... first kiss. So. <laughs> So you can always say how much was your first kiss worth? Whatever. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was worth a hundred dollars, apparently. Exactly. Like, to me, it's priceless. But no, it actually cost hundred dollars. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then the final segment that we do, it's called dropping the mic. It's like one final question to kind of sum up and wrap up everything. Now I see, you know, you do directing. You're also an actress. You you do you know other you know other work besides damsels in the DM podcast. Um, what actor, actress, director? Who would you want to work with the most, and why? Um. Hmm. I think Reese Witherspoon or Issa Rae because they're yeah. both doing projects like where they're creating their own content. And um, Reese especially has a book club where she produces a lot of the books she read and I'm really into reading. So um, I would love to have that opportunity um, to like create something based on something that I had read. And yeah, I just love the idea that they create stories that are like authentic female stories and like authentic stories for diverse groups of people. Um so yeah, probably one of the two. Are, are there any like good book recommendations that you have for uh, you know, for female empowerment or just like that can inspire women out there? Oh God, I um, <laughs> one that I read recently was called "Know My Name," which is by Chanel Miller, who okay. um, was the survivor of the Stanford rape case. I remember that, yeah. And it's an in, it's an incredible book um, that I would highly recommend women to read in particular. Um, but I have lots of book of recommendations, so slide into my DMs. <laughs> slide, slide into there we go. It's, it's like yeah. a nice little uh, you know uh, one eighty as we say, or th- full three sixty. It's going um, down in the DMs. That's what we say. So <laughs> and uh, and I mean, where can people find your work? Find you? Whatever. You, this is your chance to kind of plug every project and platform that you'd like right now. 
So you can find me on Instagram at Lauren Elizabeth Harris, and it's one H between Elizabeth and Harris. They share their H. Oh, and okay. um, I co-host Damsels in the DMs, and there's a new episode released every Monday, and um, we're on Instagram as Damsels in the DMs. Excellent. Lauren, thank you so, so thank much. I, I really appreciate you. I've been, it's been a pleasure talking to both you, know, you and Chloe. I need to you know catch up on Damsels in the DMs episodes <laughs> and whatnot, but I'll be sure to plug it in the caption okay. and uh, plug all of your work and everything. But I, I do appreciate you awesome. giving me an hour out of your day. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Best of luck with uh with the rest of the show and uh best thank luck you. with your career as well. And we'll, uh, we'll awesome. talk soon. Thank you. You too. I'll, I'll miss your show, but I, hopefully we'll get it in the future. Hopefully we'll get it on a weekly basis once life kind of calms down and gets yeah. a little more manageable. But until then, have a wonderful weekend and we'll uh we'll chat soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. And everyone else, uh, we're done for the week, so please uh, come back to us on Tuesday. We're going to have our next episode at 8 o'clock, and uh, we'll share our guests for for the week and everything going on uh, next week. So we'll see you then, and have a great weekend. Peace.